Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And this week, we're talking about volunteers. Oh, we're not just talking about volunteers, Nancy. I'm going to put forward a semi-radical proposal that we reframe how we think about volunteers and work with them entirely. I'm all on board with radical. Tell more. (laughs) Well, I haven't done your usual work to look up the meaning of a word, but I am 95% certain that every listener listening to us right now hears the word volunteers and either says free help or more trouble than they're worth. I'll just do it myself. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) And I want to challenge all of us to drop that thinking and pick up some new ideas for how we can see volunteers and volunteering. What if instead you thought of volunteering as the best way to engage people with your mission? And what if you made every volunteer experience not only intentional in teaching them about your mission, but powerful in their ability to see themselves as part of your team? That would be radical. Totally, right? Most of us volunteer all the time, but do you ever really stop and think about what the experience was like and how it leaves you feeling with the organization? Nancy, tell me about a time that you volunteered and you actually felt great about the organization afterwards. Well, I have an organization near and dear to my heart, and I began volunteering with them when I was new to the area. I didn't know very many people, and they kind of took me in as a volunteer And in doing so, I found folks who cared about what I care about. And there was a sense of, I mean, I made friends. I was part of a community. I really fell in love with the organization. And of course, I then became a donor. And I was willing to do really almost anything to make that mission happen. It was really powerful. Well, and I am on a new little thing in 2021, and I'm convinced the more I ask this question for people to reflect on volunteer experiences that felt great connection to people and others who share their values is always right at the top. It's almost never someone describing the actual task. Like you didn't tell me anything about what you actually did for them. That wasn't where the good feelings and the empowerment came from for you. It was in the connections you felt to people. So I want to dig in deeper with this. And I want each of our listeners to, while we're speaking today, be thinking about a powerful volunteer experience you've had and what is at the core of what made it so great for you. I think that's a great idea. All right. I'm going to make my radical statement. There is no better way to build a movement for your mission than to engage people meaningfully in your work. What does that mean? Well, it's said by someone who usually is a fundraiser, right? You'd think I'd say there's no better way to build a movement for your mission than to have people want to support your work, right? But Mm -hmm. actually, the best thing we can do is help people see that all of our missions are ones that require all of us to get in there and help. So think about first the difference between showing and telling. I had a boss early in my career who admonished me for always being really good at telling and not very good at showing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I that sticks with me all the time. And I feel like as a nonprofit organization, we write newsletter articles um, and put photographs or websites that tell the story of our mission, right? Instead of 
having people experience your mission and actually being in service to the mission, which then shows someone the impact of the work without you having to frame it for them. It makes it real. It makes it personal and it makes it unique to them and their perspective, which means it's going to stick and it's going to resonate. We know that from learning, right? <laughs> we absolutely and, do. And there's there's kind of a contagious part of it, not to use that terrible word, contagious <laughs> in a good way. Let's say that. Um, and that is, you know, I was talking to somebody who's doing a volunteer job for a nonprofit. And when I was talking to him, he completely lit up about what he was doing. And it was a very mundane task. It wasn't all that exciting what he was doing, but it it fit well with his skill set. And he all of a sudden started telling me the stories of other people who were volunteering. Mm. And I was like, I don't know anything about this organization, but I wanted to learn more. So it's part of that, you know, Sarah, you're always talking about building a movement and seeing our volunteers light up with passion great way to build a movement. Well, and again, these are going to be your best ambassadors, your best evangelicals, uh, the best word spreaders you have about how great your organization is. And when that message comes from authentic people, not paid staff or even dedicated board members, uh, it gets believed in a whole different way. and, And that's when it really starts to spread. So like usual, we are trying to break down this kind of philosophical idea into something a little bit more practical. And I think there are three ways that you build a meaningful volunteer experience that's actually going to engage people in feeling, showing your mission. And the first, they all start with C, because I'm having trouble remembering things these days. So we're going to keep it really simple for me on my notes. First C is connection. A great volunteer experience makes the organization feel human and real. And it provides a chance, as you described in your awesome example, Nancy, for people to connect with others who share their values. Sometimes that comes supernaturally. The actual task at hand is one where the kind of chit chat while you're doing a roadside litter cleanup um, offers that opportunity. But even more socially distant experiences (laughs) or ones that are just more isolated by their nature can provide opportunities for connection. As long as you purposefully take the time to think through how that connection will happen. For example, maybe what your organization needs is someone to help you build out a page of your website. That's a kind of solitary, lonely experience. And you could go send off Nancy, the volunteer to do that. And she would happily do that. Um, But I'm not sure it would make her list of best volunteer experiences ever. Unless in the course of sending Nancy to do that, you asked her to talk to four or five staff people to hear their stories of the mission, to get a flavor for the tone and the feel of the organization. And maybe you had Nancy come to an event and see it in action or um, spend time in your building. Um, Opportunities for her to really understand what the organization is and feel that connection. It might make the task take a little longer, but you're not thinking of this volunteering anymore as accomplishing a task for free. You're thinking of it as investing in a person who might become your best ambassador. You know, Sarah, this is really resonating with me because right when COVID started, I volunteered for a nonprofit to do some of kind of COVID crowd control kind of stuff. And I only lasted about three or four days. It was a Saturday gig. Because honestly, I had no connection. I showed up. I wasn't introduced to anybody. I didn't meet anybody. I stood my patrol. And then I left after my four hours. 
And this is an organization who um, I value. I value this group so much. And yet I was very unfulfilled as a volunteer and I didn't leave with connection. Yeah. And, and Nancy, I will admit that I have hosted volunteer experiences like that before. <laughs> and I am sorry um, because I realize now if you just take the extra five or 10 minutes to make sure you feel welcomed and introduced and Oh, also, you know, Nancy, you might know um, Sally because of this and you two have this in common. You know, suddenly it's all a very different experience. So these are not huge changes. They're just pausing long enough to realize what you're trying to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. The next C I think of is context. So in the rush to get free help, (laughs) we often forget to stop and give a greater context for the volunteer. So think about the difference between just being given a whole box of envelopes and appeal letters to stuff. You know, take these home, please do this. Thanks a lot. It helps. Um, And instead having a brief introductory session where that you as the staff person can explain what the letters are for, <laughs> what you hope they will do and why you want them folded in a certain way. <laughs> you know, I'm super particular about my letters being folded so that people see their name when they open the envelope. I know it drives volunteer nuts to have to fold them that way. But as soon as I tell them why they kind of chuckle and they start to notice. And I've actually had them come back to me months later and say, you know, sir, I've noticed I feel differently about a letter when I see it that way. And it's all just about providing that human context for, hey, I want you to see that I'm really being thoughtful about this project. It matters. What you're doing matters. It's not just like, please stuff these and bring them back. Um, So those meaningful volunteer experiences can still be very straightforward, unglamorous tasks. Um, You just have to put those tactics You just have to put those tasks into a context for how they're actually serving your mission. You know, I think a lot about how we've talked before about nonprofits exist in this continuum between like a business corporation and a community. And you're really talking a lot about that community side that to build a movement. Part of that context is to know how do I, Nancy, fit with all these other people in all this um, purpose-driven mission-building work that I see around me. So I appreciate that a lot. And it's really honoring the fact that all of the tasks of an organization are important. They're all all relevant to getting it done. Mm -hmm, For sure. My third C is communication. So a truly meaningful, engaging experience also requires knowing you actually made a difference or at the very least, you help the organization learn something. Maybe my annual appeal was a flop (laughs) and I maybe I got feedback that people couldn't figure out whether the letter was upside down or not. (laughs) Um, But if I don't convey that back to the volunteer and let them know, hey, this was a wild success or hey. I learned something in doing this, um, then you as a volunteer are just left adrift. You're just left to kind of feel like, well, that was a transaction. I just did what I was supposed to do. I guess I feel good about it because I care about the mission. But you're not feeling like an ambassador or an evangelical, right? And most of us, myself included, I'm totally guilty of this. Um, we always, you know, send some sort of thank you, a quick email afterwards or a card that's signed. Um, but that's not the same thing as having amazing communication with a volunteer. And what I like to do is put a note in my calendar 
let's say six weeks after the event, <laughs> you came in to help me stuff envelopes. Six weeks later, I'm going to write a note to you and tell you, you helped us raise $5,000. All those envelopes you stuffed, you know, half of them came back with a donation in them. That's amazing. We couldn't have done it without you. Thanks. Um, or maybe it didn't work, but I still check in with you and I help you feel like you were a part of this team. And I can say, hey, you know, we didn't get the response we wanted. Maybe you have some ideas since you spent so much time with our letters <laughs> and you're suddenly building this sense of we. Um, I have a wonderful mentor who always reminds me that we want to get to the place where someone is talking about our organization. And instead of saying, you all need to make sure you do this. They say, we need to make sure next time we do this. And I think volunteering is a great way to build that. Absolutely. I've talked about that idea with fundraising as well. And I think Absolutely. it's so powerful. How do we build the we? You know, one of the things I, I think about with this is the opportunity cost that I'm able to convey to somebody to say, hey, I know that stuffing envelopes is not super fun, but because you're doing that task, I'm able to do this other thing. And so together, we're making sure that X and Y get accomplished, and that's how we're going to move our mission forward in this way. So again, building that team and letting them know what I'm able to do because they're doing this other thing, and that together, through our, our work and our connections and whatever, we're, we're, we're moving that mission forward. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm also guilty of sometimes thinking in my own head, oh, teaching a volunteer how to do this might be more work than just doing it myself. Um, but when I stop and, and think, no, wait a minute, teaching a volunteer to do this is engaging them in our mission. It's it's as on some level as meaningful as taking them out to coffee and telling them about our mission. <laughs> and when you reframe it that way, and when you recognize that there are people in your community who crave that opportunity to be engaged, it's it's as good as any fundraising outreach you could do. Mm -hmm. You know, it really comes down to how do you define the work, right? Is the work to just get those letters out or is building the community that that works towards that mission also part of the work? Right. Think of the, you know, we talk about managers can do the work or they can do the work and delegate some of the work. And, and by delegating, you're building the team. So that is part of the work. Absolutely. And if it takes a little bit longer at first, you're going to get double or triple the gain down the road. It's interesting to think about these three words from the volunteer's perspective. So you've offered us these three words, connection, context, and communication, and you invited us to think why we volunteer. You know, why did I volunteer? Things like that. And the answer is really that we want a connection to something that we love, that, that, you know, whether that's hope for the world or something specific like plants, hiking or international cultures, uh, people volunteer because they want to be helpful. They need a certain level of structure to be helpful. And that's that context piece, right? They want to know how they helped. That's the communication piece. Absolutely. And this doesn't have to be hard, right? Before you send an email out or call a few people because you desperately need some free help to take a moment, just breathe, write the words connection, context, and communication on a piece of paper. <laughs> and think about the task you're asking volunteers to help with and just jot down with a pencil the ideas for how you can help people connect with someone. What am I going to do at the intro um, or later? How am I going to connect them? What context, what context might they need to understand 
so that they under they get the picture for how their task fits into the bigger puzzle of your whole mission. Is there a quick fact about your mission or quick fact about um, the progress you're making on your goals that you can share with them there? And then jot down just a couple ideas of how you want to communicate with them afterwards. Yes, you'll send them an email right away saying thanks, but what are you going to do in a month or two months to remind them of the difference that they made for your organization? That's all this takes. <laughs> and just give it a quick try and see if you don't find that this approach not only changes your perspective towards volunteers and makes having volunteers a much more joyful part of your work, but also changes the way the volunteers see you and your mission. So I think your radical idea here is that you want folks to have a three-point strategy, right? You want Absolutely. folks to have a strategy that has connection, context, and communication. You know, I think it's interesting also to think about the connection between fundraising and donors, because so often folks think, I, I volunteer my time, so I'm not going to give money. Or we think that. We think that they're going to not give financially because they give their time. When actually there's a lot of statistics that show that people who volunteer also are donors. I mean, if you love the mission enough to give your time, if you're able, you might also love that mission enough to give a financial donation. Right. And again, if we go back to the principle that what we're ultimately trying to do is build a movement, then there's room in that movement for people who have time to give, but perhaps not as much financial resources and people who have financial resources and not time and then the people who have both. And, and this is a way to expand and honor and acknowledge all the ways that someone can say, I share the values of your organization. That's great. What's our word of the week? Ah, well, it's reframe, which is always an interesting to pick a word with R-E at the beginning. It's a different way of looking at something by changing its meaning. In my mind, the radicalness of this is shift your meaning of volunteers from free help to meaningful engagement. I, that totally makes sense. You know, when I think about the word reframe, I'm fixated on frame. You're focusing oh. on the re and I'm on the frame. Right? <laughs> nice. So, I mean, so often we put the organization in the frame and we're talking about what it needs, whether I need a volunteer to thrive. Um, and what you're suggesting here is that we put the volunteer in the frame. And just for a moment, let's just think about this, put the volunteer in the frame and focus on what that person is looking for. And it's all about making the match, right, between what that person is looking for and what that person uh, can bring to the organization and the needs of the organization. And that's when the volunteer program is so powerful. You are absolutely right. As small nonprofit organizations, we know we need all the help we can to build our movements. You have an incredible opportunity to provide people with a chance to actually help build your movement and understand your mission. All it takes is a little bit of reframing and forethought, and soon enough, you can build the kind of powerful volunteer experiences that will give real momentum to your mission. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. Loyal listeners, on February 19th, 2021, we will be holding a live show where Nancy and Sarah, with special guest Rebecca Zanata, will answer your questions. Imagine Car Talk for Nonprofits. Join us by visiting our website, nonprofitradioshow.com. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. 
We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Nepp-Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. 